right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 275, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share this weekly show with your friends. And be sure you leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we're a video podcast as well, so you can watch us do this podcast on YouTube if you prefer. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support us for $1 a month. The level is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash awesome, and you can become a $1 patron and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker mailed to you in the mail and a shout-out on the show. It's a way for you to say thanks and a way to maybe get the podcast a day early. Not always. Today, you probably won't get it very much early. Um, but with that out of the way, Jake, how are you this evening? Sunday evening, we're recording this. We're into May. Weekend of Cinco de Mayo. Um, pretty good, I guess. It's been a event, well, a long, eventful weekend. The weather was pretty nice. Went to the Cleveland Zoo yesterday with my nephew. That was kind of oh, cool. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. Other than that, just trying to kind of spend some time outside as well. Yeah, it's it's important to do that crap. Especially since, I don't know, our listeners are probably so sick of us talking about the weather every episode. But, like, it really is so temperamental. It feels like it's worthy of discussion. Um, but, yeah, the weather was supposed to rain all day and we got maybe some sprinkles. And uh, so a lot of yard work was done, I don't know, this weekend, I'm sure, in northwestern Pennsylvania. So that's it. That's all you got. I had two thoughts today before we get on with the show. First thought is, is my foot would look absolutely normal if I didn't have my pinky toe. Like it would look more normal. Um, My pinky toe doesn't bend. It doesn't have a middle knuckle in it, right? So it's just like this stub that points out. I mean, it has a nail and everything. It looks like a regular toe. But like compared to most people's toes, mine looks like an afterthought. Like, so if you just cut off the toe, it, my foot doesn't look any, any more awkward. Like, cause if you like kind of like squint your eye and put your hand over where your, where your pinky toe is and you look down at your feet, like it just looks like a regular foot with it covered up. It's really bizarre. I, I looked into this, like, I think I have a knuckle there, but I have no control over my pinky toe knuckle. None. Either of them. It's just like a, some sort of deformity or something. It's very minor. But it's weird because I know a lot of people when they scrunch up their toes, they get all the knuckles that go like this. My pinky toe stays straight out. So I go like this. I can't even do it with my hand. But it's really interesting. That was a shower thought today. And then Hmm. the other interesting thing is, maybe not so interesting, is I've been watching old reruns of Cops on YouTube. And uh, what a fucking crazy show that was. Like, like, it's like the old, like, early 90s uh, Cops. So, like... People with like terrible haircuts and mullets and like these old fucking cars. But like the one I just saw recently was like this dude, the cops like, okay, yeah, we have reports of uh, uh, suspicious individuals selling narcotics 
and you know we're gonna drive by and see if they're there you know they're in a such and such colored vehicle and there's just this car with its headlights on parked out front of this fucking trailer and the cop lights him up and he goes he goes stay in the car you know stay in the car and the guy's just sitting there and he's just like you know because it's dark out and his eyes are all squinty and uh and it's some of the excuses that these uh perpetrators have or these these uh, criminals have I know innocent and proven guilty I understand all that but like cop walks up to him he goes hey good afternoon sir how you doing today and he goes I'm alright how are you doing officer and he goes pretty good hey we had some reports of uh, you know uh, a vehicle that matches your description hanging out here doesn't really belong selling narcotics you wouldn't have to know anything about that would you and he goes no no not at all I have permission to be here and he goes, well, who gave you permission? And he, like, leans back. He looks towards the neighbor. They did. And he goes, do you know their names? No, no, sir. I don't know. I don't know their names. <laughs> so they gave you permission to be here, but you don't even know their names. Yeah, no, no. I just I just met them. I just met them. It's always I just met them. You know, it's like, and then, like, someone will be in the car. Like, I think in this case, someone was in the car with this guy. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, um, you're acting kind of strange here. Can I can I get your driver's license, whatever, all this stuff? And, and the guy goes, I, I don't have a license. I'm not supposed to be driving. And he goes, well, how'd you get the car here? And he goes, oh, I just drove it right down the road. I, I'm from right over there. And he goes, "That's you're still driving without a license. And he goes, not, well, not really. And the guy's like, not really. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah, you are because you're not supposed to be operating a vehicle. And he goes, okay. Um, all right, but come on. He's looking at him. And he goes, he goes, I... He goes, you know, you're acting kind of suspicious right now. We've got reports of, you know, someone in this vehicle selling drugs, um, narcotics. You know, I'm going to ask you to step out of the vehicle real quick. You don't have anything on you, do you? No, sir. Nothing. Uh, okay. Step on out. And then they pat him down and they find like, you know, a couple baggies of like fucking meth on him. And he, he and the cop's like, I thought you said you didn't have anything. And he goes, I don't know what those are. Uh, you don't know what those are? And he goes, yeah, I don't know where they came from. These aren't my pants. He's like, these aren't my pants. He's like, well, I found, I found him at the laundromat. And I put him on. It's like, oh, okay, okay. So they're not your pants. Uh, you shouldn't be driving a car, but they give permission to be here. And like every step of the way, this dude. And then like the guy in the car with him, he was like, uh, he goes, okay. So he cuffs this guy, puts. He didn't like arrest him, just detains him for you know his own safety or whatever. And he explains to him that you know he can search the car um, because of the questionable situation. There's probable cause here. Um, with his permission, he'd like to serve his car. Otherwise, he's going to have to get permission, you know, else elsewise to do it. And then the cop goes, because I, I looked down in the corner of your door when it was open. He goes, I saw a baggie down in there. And uh, he was like, do you, do you mind if I search your car? And the guy's like, uh, and he's like, because I saw, he goes, I saw something in the door down there. And he goes, well, I'll give you permission to search the door. But not the rest of the car. He goes, so I can search the door? And the cop pulls out another fucking bag of meth. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, this is fucking going sideways. The guy in the car, the officer starts talking to him. And he goes, who are you? And he gave him his name. He goes, how do you know him? He goes, I don't, I don't know. I just met him at Walmart today. He was giving me a lift. He's like, you don't know who this guy is? No, no, I don't even know his name. Uh, I met him at Walmart. He bought me a soda and I needed a ride. So he's just giving me a ride somewhere right now. Well, where are you guys going? And he's like, oh, just right, right here. This is, this is where we're. What are you doing here? They said we could be here. <laughs> it's like, god damn, <laughs> like it's so fucking ridiculous. Like watching this show, and it's just like, oh my god, just caught red-handed and can't, you know, I don't know. The amount of times on this show, people swear up and down the shit in their pockets isn't theirs. I know police plant shit. I know that's a thing, but 
I mean, in these kids situations, it was very evident that like, you know, these guys were up to no good and, uh, it was just so fucking ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying cops reruns. They're all free on YouTube. Just type cops, full episodes. You can just watch them and they're, they are entertaining. It's just because these people are so fucking stupid. I mean, like if they just cl- if they just clammed up and didn't say anything, right? They'd be better off, yeah. than like them sitting there and just saying the dumbest shit that you could ever imagine to a police Talking officer. Talking themselves into a grave. Yeah, right. Just you can't. <laughs> yeah, I found the pants. This is, yeah, this one guy. Yeah, I'm not you, but like he, they, they clearly saw him eating drugs trying to hide him and then like the, the cops talking was like hey for your health like how much did you just swallow it's it's your own and he's nothing I didn't, I didn't swallow anything and like literally five minutes later he's just puking his brains out and these bags of drugs are just coming out of his mouth and they're like this is just what we fucking deal with this is just like, this is fucking <laughs> ridiculous um I don't know man I, it's just I don't know it's just so fucking sad to see so many desperate people people on a bad track but I mean like their, their reruns are older. It's, it's mildly entertaining, especially when I'm trying to sleep and I don't really want to pay attention to what I'm watching. It's kind of funny. So that's been my life lately. Reruns of Cops and uh, looking at my feet. But yeah, dude, I don't know. Um, thanks, listeners, for tuning in again. And uh, we are back. It's, like I said before, it's May. And uh, Jake, we we, uh, we got a big show coming up on Friday. That's exciting. A new spot in the area, a bigger venue. I actually tried to do some um, paid advertising. I threw 10 bucks at Facebook and said, hey, advertise this the next five days. So we'll see how far 10 bucks will go on a on a show promotion. Um, this was a tip from Shaner. He said, you know, if the venue, because it's the venue's event, but if they see that like you were like pushing it a little bit, like it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? If it's a place you want to come sure. back to. And I'm like, that's not 10 bucks. What the fuck? Spent $10. Not a big deal. So we'll see. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get some 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 kind of crowd there. We'll we'll see. I'm excited for Friday. We'll see what happens. But That'd be uh, cool. Let's talk about video games because it is uh, a video game podcast, and it's late on a Sunday. And Jake, you and I both have to work tomorrow morning. So the first thing I want to talk about is games we're playing. We do this every show. These are games that Jake and I are currently working on, working through. Not necessarily the latest video games, but uh, games that we've been playing. In the last couple of weeks, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. We had guessed that I would be done with it by now, but au contraire, I've had a lot on my docket. So I did progress a couple chapters. I'm on chapter 16 and... Um, I'm really close to the ending at this point, so I'm pretty excited about getting this one done. And, uh, Jake, what about you? What are you playing? Well, there's 18 chapters, and I'm in chapter 10, so I'm a little more than halfway through the game. Um, For those of you that have played the game before, I am on my way back to Sector 7 after the wall market sequence. Oh, yeah. So that's not really a spoiler for anyone who hasn't played it, but if you have, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm just kind of blitzing through it, Uh, and I'll be completely honest. I'm mostly just intrigued to go back through the story and kind of play it, so... I'm just playing it on easy, which is allowing me to just kind of blaze through the game, which is awesome. 
Um, but there are times where I kind of wish I kind of want to turn it back up just because the combat is not really all that challenging. Because like there are some battles that I remember struggling with that when I put it on easy, they're just like they're not even hard. Really? Like um, like uh, for example, the the Hell House. Oh yeah, I remember that being a difficult battle mm-hmm. because it has all these fucking immunities, which makes it really a pain in the ass to play. And uh, that was just like, it just just keep hitting it. Like there were a couple times where I had, there, I mean, I still have to use health and stuff occasionally, but I can be a little bit more cavalier about how I play it. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with the uh, the other one that I remember, not necessarily being like insanely hard but struggling with a little bit was the abzu fight which is like the fight in the sewers right after you leave wall market i did that this morning okay that was kind of tricky yeah and uh it's just it's just kind of neat the one thing that i do kind of like about playing it on easy is it's letting me kind of explore the proficiencies of all the weapons a little bit more like i can switch tifa to like the sonic gloves to gain the proficiency of that item, even though they're objectively way worse in terms of like power and offense and all of that kind of stuff, right? Because I can still use them and and uh, you know be effective because I have it on easy mode and I don't have to really really worry about how well how much my stats count. But still really enjoying it. Um, the other thing that is tangentially related to video games that I've been enjoying recently is a few weeks ago there was a news article about how they're making a video game of the graphic novel The Last Ronin, which is a Ninja oh, yeah. Turtles story. Ninja Turtles, yeah. Um, so I actually bought the graphic novel and I've been reading really? it. So, uh, and I'm not a huge comic book or graphic novel fan, but occasionally there are ones that will catch my eye, like Fables was one that caught my eye a while ago. Um, and I've been enjoying, and I, I did like the, the Tomb Raider ones between the first and the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, dude, it's awesome. Like I'm probably two thirds of the way through it. It's super like for, for a Ninja Turtles story, it's super dark. It's super graphic. Um, and it's just really, really interesting. And like on Amazon, you can buy, the last Ronin. It's a hardcover, super fucking high quality, and it's twenty bucks. Oh, that ain't bad at all. Is it how so, big is it? And it's it's like um I don't really know how to quantify how big a graphic novel is, right. but it's like I don't know. It's probably I would say it's probably a couple hundred pages. Wow. So That's pretty big. you know it's and it's and the, the pages are that that really nice high quality like glossy print yeah you know uh, stuff so I I'm not done with it but it's uh, it's really good so if anybody has any interest in the story and wants to kind of see what it's all about and decide whether or not they want to be excited about the the upcoming game like I said twenty dollars for the whole thing on Amazon in a high quality hardcover which is my understanding incredibly cheap for that kind of thing right um like i know whenever i was buying the volumes of fables i would buy one volume 
that was a paperback, probably half the size of this in terms of total pages, not near the quality, and they were over twenty dollars a volume. I wonder if it's because it's already like really successful now. They're, it's all profit at this point. I don't know. I honestly don't. I'm I'm actually kind of curious right now if it's still twenty dollars. The last Ronin. Um, yep, 1979 on Amazon Prime shipping. Wow. Yeah, so uh, if you're interested, check it out because it's pretty pretty sick, to be honest with you. Sweet. But that's that's basically it for me. I haven't really dicked around much with anything else. I don't think I have anyway. No, that's that's basically it. That's it. Well, listeners know I like comic books and uh, we have a comic book news point but I'm not going to get into it right away so stick around and we have a fun comic book news point um, I do appreciate the uh, the heads up on the price on that because that is something that sounds interesting and kind of up my alley also so be a nice little thing to kind of leaf through maybe when you drop into Duker or something you know just a couple pages of a TMNT, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your whatever boat. the hell uh, it's called. Last Ronin, yeah. Um, so let's get into listener feedback. We always talk about listener feedback uh, at the beginning of our episodes, and you can write us on YouTube like all of these listeners did, or you can uh, join the Patreon and leave us a little feedback on the Patreon uh, page, and uh, however you want to do it, email us. Josh writes in. He says, "I was talking about the Tomb Raider uh, 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 accessibility for getting rid of the option to drown. He says, I wonder if the fear of water setting was not originally born out of pushing accessibility based on fears. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm leaning, right? Um, but uh, he says maybe they just wanted to add that option to make the game easier if you wanted and then realized it had an additional benefit that sounded positive, inclusive, etc. So he's saying maybe they wanted to give you an ease of use option and then they're like, oh wow, this ties in with this phobia. Let's sell it that way. Interesting. Well, regardless of the reason, I think it, I think it's a nice I think it's a nice maybe quality of life improvement to the game. Something I wouldn't have even thought of. But yeah, maybe that's how they came onto it. Jake, any opinion on this? I mean, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's it's not it, it, it's one of those things that I understand because there's so much water in and to be clear you are talking about horizon forbidden west you said tomb raider earlier um but there is a lot of water in that game and there's a lot of swimming you have to do so i can totally understand why somebody would just want to forego that's like one of those kind of antiquated sort of mechanics in video games now that are yeah. just kind of annoying yeah water, like, yeah like water and, and holding your breath it's kind of like the whole thing with like having enough stamina to climb up this thing and if you run out of stamina you fall to your death unless like, that is like the that. game mechanic like in metro with unless wearing the mask is, and like an outer space right. game with o2 tanks yeah like unless it is like a quintessential part of the game but something like horizon it's like who fucking cares yeah, yeah. you know what i mean just just like aloy could have like you know 
micro spoiler, eventually, and they did mention this in the news art, the write up is that eventually you do get a breather that allows you to spend more time underwater. Like, they could have literally just fucking given her that at the beginning of the game. But I guess that there is, like, they use the water depth as kind of like a way to lock out parts of the game. Gatekeep is, yeah, gatekeep is not really the right word, but exactly what you're saying is that, like, to make it so that it, you have to wait until you get farther into the game before you access this section. Maybe there are like harder enemies down there or whatever, whatever. So I guess it could kind of break the game a little bit if you use that feature, but I doubt that it really matters all that much, to be honest with you. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Big Box writes in again. And I like Big Box. Big Box isn't afraid to speak his mind. He always speaks his mind on our on our uh, YouTube channel. And, and it is enjoyable to have some kind of, not necessarily pushback, but some other input or outside input. Um, he, he was the one who asked about our opinion of games as a service. And uh, he goes, hey, I love to talk this week's fellas, LOL. However, at 4209, Jake said something that my multiplayer-loving... Uh, expletive took offense to. <laughs> and he quotes Jacob and he says, I don't see the business strategy in going from doing nothing but single player focused games to all of a sudden half of the games you have in development are live service. They're just trying to catch a trend. Here's what Jake is missing. <laughs> Take your time machine back to 85, 1990, 1995, 2000. Ask a bunch of gamers what they play. 99.9% would respond with a piece of hardware. I play on Nintendo. I play PlayStation. I play Xbox. Um, however, starting 15 years ago, we started to see a trend begin where more and more players responded by saying, I play World of Warcraft. I play League of Legends, Minecraft, Fortnite. I think PlayStation knows their hardware is losing relevance in a world increasingly dominated by multi-platform live service. Hardware used to provide thousands of hours of entertainment. Now single pieces of software can provide thousands of hours of entertainment. Um, what's TLDR even mean? I don't even know. What- Too long didn't read. What? Too long, too long, didn't read. The era of hardware being the platform is dusking the era of... Oh, okay. So this is if we're scrolling through. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he says the era of hardware... uh, This is... I'm dating myself. Being being the platform is dusking. The era of games being the platform is dawning. It's an interesting choice of words. I like it. Uh, Still like you, Jake. Sounds like we're three to four weeks away from a PlayStation uh, showcase, according to Grub. Should be fun. P.S. Did Fred see that they're making a Blood Meridian movie? Question mark. Would like to hear your thoughts on that. I know you're a big McCarthy fan. I really appreciate this thoughtful response to our conversation, Big Box. But I'm going to hand the reins over to Jake to have him offer rebuttal. I don't think you. This isn't even studied. You have. You haven't seen this till now. Is that correct? Uh, you're off the cuff. Uh, yeah, this is off the cuff. <laughs> um, so my response would be that you are correct. And I would agree with you from a historical viewpoint. But all of those things are trends. You know, like people trended towards this console or trended towards that console because of market forces that were, in essence, the wave at the time. So what I'm driving at is that this is the new wave. And it's the flip side of it is that Sony is doing this and 
I'm trying not to be too cynical here, but Sony, I think, is doing this a lot, not because they care about you, the multiplayer game fan. They are doing this because games cost so fucking much money to make now that they need to monetize everything. And because monetization strategies in games are becoming more and more accepted by the public Mm -hmm. and more and more people are willing to buy just fucking $20 skin after $20 skin on Fortnite, Sony's looking at that and being like, okay, well, we're just going to do that because, like I said last week, if we make 10 of these games, I'm of the opinion that all 10 of those games are going to be good. Please keep that in mind. I, I honestly believe that because just because they're Sony first-party games, I don't think that Sony is going to release a piece of trash. I think all of those games are going to be good. All I'm saying is that the reason that they're doing it is because they can monetize the shit out of it and make money off of you. On the back because end. That is, because that is the modern trend. If they actually were just doing it because multiplayer games are popular now and people like them, then there wouldn't be all these microtransactions and all this crazy shit. So it would just be like free content updates for these games. So I will say, big box, that I do (laughs) agree with you, but I think that our arguments are more in line than you think. I think it's just terminology and and semantics that we're arguing over. Mm. You know, when I say they're catching a trend or riding a wave or whatever, it's literally the same thing that you're saying. It's just that the context is different. Everything about a business's plan and what they do going forward is trying to catch the next trend. And right now it's multiplayer live service games and just kind of piling on to what we said in the past. One of the caveats with these multiplayer live service games is that people only have so much attention span for one of these games because they require so much of your engagement and so much of your time People can only do one or two of these things as a lifestyle at a time to, you know, really buy into these monetization strategies. So inherently, because they are they got they require so much of your time, it's almost impossible for all of these games to be successful unless they are released on such an off like you know a, a staggered schedule and they serve such different markets. That, like, the people that are playing Destiny are not going to really be playing, let's just say, factions, for example. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is just one of those things where we're just going to have to see see how it how it turns out. Like I said, I, I guess to summarize, I think that you're right, but I also think that I'm right, and I'm curious how this is going to play out and whether or not these games are going to end up cannibalizing each other because of the inherent um, time requirement that goes into a lot of these live service games. And then the one last thing that I'll say is that all of this is standing on the shaky sort of definition of a fucking live service game. We don't even know what that means to Sony. Does it mean that like, oh, you know, uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima 2 comes out and it has uh, a a, um, a microtransaction store 
but it doesn't really affect the the game as you or I would experience it. Kind of like like I was talking about like um Immortals Phoenix Rising, how you can play the game totally fine and not even visit the microtransaction store at all and it doesn't affect you at all. Like, is that a live service game is under Sony's sort of model? Where they're just like every so often you get new skins and stuff, but you don't have to even notice that if you don't want to. Yeah, the definition the is case, so big. But if that's the case, it's going to completely fall under their their current marketing strategies as far as single player kind of open world games go. Yeah. But if it's like massively or semi massively multiplayer online, huge time commitment things like Fortnite and Destiny and stuff like that and Division, then you know we're talking about the potential of some some large. The, the potential for these games to really cannibalize each other if they're all going to come out in the next couple of years. Well, we do have a so, news point about this yeah. later. Herman Holst addresses this. Um, at least he did this last week. So I almost feel like uh, our conversation was was very poignant in that it uh, happened to come up in a news story this week and they interviewed Herman Holst about it. But um, not to cut you off, Jake, was it was that all you wanted to say? Yeah, no, that's all. That's all I got. I, okay. like, like I said, I mean, I, I think that Big Box's response is very well written and super informed. Hundred percent. I think that he and I are kind of striking the same nail, maybe just with a different hammer. Yeah, it's a nice analogy. So here's the other thing: he asked what I felt about the Blood Meridian movie. That's they've been trying to fucking cut this movie for a long time. There's been rumors about it forever. Although I did read, uh, I didn't know about it until you wrote this. Um, I did read that. Cormac and his son are both involved. Um, the bottom line is, is like I don't, I I have opinions and thoughts on this, but if Cormac McCarthy is directly involved, I think ultimately what matters is, is that like he's okay with it. Um, and I know, like when you get older, as like a, an author or a creative type, like you, you you know you can't start losing your mind and stuff. But I, I've heard recent interviews with this guy, and like, man, he he seems very very still with it so it, it either was like the right price tag uh or he just doesn't want anyone to fuck it up so he's like well before i die i guess i gotta get involved in this because if i go and someone makes this movie and they just absolutely destroy it you know i've read blood meridian multiple times and i'm not I'm not even a hundred percent. I mean, there are classes to take on this book. Like, I'm not even a hundred percent sure I one hundred percent get the book. Like, I think it's what you make of it. I love the scenery. I love the imagery. I love all the fucking crazy ass violence and like disturbing scenes. Like, it's so fucking gruesome and dark and fucked up. And like, somehow through all of it, there's like still a little bit of like just a slice of like some goodness. Like in the story and stuff. It's weird. Um, uh, I will say big box. Um, I'm apprehensive about this. I don't think it's a great idea because I don't know how you can do this, do this book justice in a fucking movie. Like it seems impossible to me. Uh, I think John Malkovich would be a great judge character, uh, because he's so fucking weird. Um, but I don't know that, uh, he's, he's got the age, uh, working for his side right now, Malkovich. He's getting up there, but I think Malkovich would have been a great, um, would have been a great actor to portray the judge. Uh, also, the other thought that I that I had real quick um, is if you're not familiar 
with the band Lucero or their singer Ben Nichols. Ben Nichols wrote a five or six song EP called uh, The Last Pale Light in the West. And it is uh, five or six songs, each song from the perspective of a character from the book The Blood Meridian, which you 100% should listen to because the songs are fucking dope and it's very relevant to the book and what we're talking about and your question. So check it out. Last Pale Light in the West by Ben Nichols. Um, it's fucking fantastic. Um, J1 writes in, uh, the deal is blocked. Thanks to Jim Ryan, CMA, and more. I heard rumors that we will definitely be getting a Sony PlayStation 5 Pro, and they show a prototype of it. Plus, a Sony PlayStation 5 Slim. This isn't really a question. It's more of commentary. Uh, it did get blocked. It's fucking wild. Um, the next thing is, is we have a news point about PlayStation 5 Pro as well. Uh, all but confirmed. And uh, we'll talk about that later in the news. But as far as seeing a prototype, I don't know about that. And then as far as a PS5 Slim, haven't heard much about that. It's just like, fuck, man. I wish Sony would just keep it easy and be like, just release one console. And then just, boom, let it run its course. But now you have these options. And I I understand cashing in on the, the thing. I mean, you know, electronics these days go are outdated so fast. But I mean, like, they build the initial consoles to last for... The entire console cycle. So there's probably no real need to get a PlayStation 5 Pro. Um, who knows what it's going to have different in it. But, you know, if it's a little faster. I mean, I don't need speed on my PS5. It's 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 just fine for me. Um, you know, I don't need any more memory. Just put in the internal SSD. Uh, I don't know. So I am curious to see what it is. And, uh, Jake, anything about any of that? Um, so... Just regarding the Activision deal, just because it is blocked in the UK does not mean it won't go through. So keep that in mind because it can still happen. Uh, and also the the reasons that they are stating have nothing to do with Jim Ryan's argument, which is fucking hilarious. Um, it has everything to do with like, like cloud gaming and all of this stuff, which is you know, has nothing to do with Call of Duty or any of this other stuff. Um, but as far as the PlayStation 5 Pro goes... <laughs> uh, I mean, we don't know I, that Jim Ryan's comments didn't maybe help a little bit. Oh, I'm sure that he was greasing palms under the table. I don't mean that in, like, the, the literal fucking mobster sense. But, like, I'm sure he <laughs> was, like, in people's ears trying to get this to go yeah. and get them to look at things and all this. I'm not saying he wasn't a factor. Sure, sure, I'm just saying, sure. like, the argument that PlayStation has been making for the last fucking a million years, it feels like, about how they can't survive without Call of Duty and all this bullshit is not even the reason why it's being blocked. Is the reason why, is what I was kind of driving at. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm not, I guess it, it was incorrect for me to say that Jim Ryan was not a factor. Just the argument that he's been boasting for the past however long is not the, the main reason. It's not reason the fulcrum why. of the um, tipping point. Yeah. As far as the PlayStation 5 Pro goes, I'm definitely buying one. Uh, because I am not missing out on it like I did on the PS4 Pro. There are. I think that you're a little bit 
uh, I will push back a little bit on your assessment that the consoles are designed to last the whole generation. That's not really true. The generation lasts as long as the developers are able to make the consoles do what the fuck they want it to do. <clears throat> the fact that the PS4 generation was so long is, or the PS3 generation was so long is only because the developers were able to push it that far and because of yeah. things like the 2009 My concern- market crash yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this shit. But, like, the, the big thing is that, like, I am not going to fucking pass on the PS5 Pro and then four years into this console generation, all of my games run at 30 frames a second because I have to have the PS5 Pro to be able to have my games run at 60 hertz. And you know that is coming. They're already so fucking lazy about how they program these games. That is a... a grossly wrong statement. I understand that. I am not fucking throwing developers under the bus. But it's it's not it's not just video games. They're under the gun by the publishers and all this kind of stuff. But it's it's software across the board as a whole. There's no fucking reason why I should have to why I should have to have like something insane like five gigs of hard drive space to install Microsoft Word. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense because I understand a little bit of how programming works. I do some of it for work. It's just that it's just that like basically what it boils down to is that developers are just like, well, everybody's got the hard drive space now. Everybody's got fucking uh, SSDs now. So why bother putting the development time and the resources into trying to make yeah. this code more optimal and more efficient? We'll just fucking do day one patches and day and and do this and do that and do whatever. And it's like, okay, I, I guess, but th- that's the thing is that I don't because developers are being pressured more and more. Games are costing more and more money. This shit is just going to get worse and worse and worse. Day one patches are going to get worse. Bugs are going to get worse. All this shit's going to get worse. So I want to give myself, even though I know it plays right into the fucking grubby hands of the Sony executives, I I want to give myself the best experience possible when I'm playing these games. I understand that I'm fortunate enough to have the disposable income to be able to afford something like this, but... I, I guess what I'm driving at is that I really don't want to miss out like I did with the PS4 Pro. Because by the time I realized that I wanted one and I needed one, they were impossible to find. Mm. You couldn't get them anymore. And so I was stuck playing all of the games at the end of the PS4's life cycle in essentially like, you know, 30 frames kind of chug mode. Whereas if I had bought the PS4 Pro, everything would have ran a little bit better. So I mean, when they I don't when know. they stop it, developing it games for PS4, I might consider a PS5 Pro. When the, when these games are made for PS4 and PS5, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, are we in the new generation yeah, I, or not? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. I mean. And I don't like I don't know if you have a news point about this either, but like the other thing too is the PS5 Pro. Obviously, you don't have an issue because you have an upgraded hard drive. But like, dude, the new fucking Star Wars game is 150 gigabytes. That's ridiculous, and also makes zero sense. That game is not that big. So 
this just kind of plays into what I was talking about. And if development is going to stay the course or go the, the same direction it's going, you know, we're going to need bigger hard drives. We're going to need faster consoles. We're going to need this. We're going to need that. Just bigger, faster, lighter. Up. Yeah. Just to keep up with the, you know, the the development snafus. The, the and too, yeah. again, I'm not targeting individual developers. I know if they had their way, they would grind and grind and grind on their game until it was completely optimized and perfect and all this stuff. But the point of the matter is, is that these publishers are like, this shit's too expensive. Put it out right now. We'll do a day one patch. People will forget about the bugs in a couple days. There you go. And anyway, I don't know. We should probably get into the news. We've been kind of going on. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the news. Every news, uh, every every episode, we talk about some current news that went on the past week. Thanks for writing in, by the way, uh, J1. We do appreciate hearing from you. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, though. We'll have to wait and see what this PS5 Pro is all about. And if they can knock the price point down a little bit, um, we'll see. We will I would guess that I would guess that the PS5 Pro is going to be the, $500. The new the current and, price. And the and the base PS5 is going to get cut in price. That's usually what That's they what do. they did with the that's what they did with the PS4. It makes sense. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about new games, not new games news. Sorry, news about games. We will get to new games later. Um, I'm trying to write and talk and read all at the same time. Um, so the uh, the first news point I have is uh, as if it hasn't been selling well enough on its own, gamers have been subjected to Hogwarts Legacy advertisements while playing Mortal Kombat 11. Both games, Ready, baby. Both games are published by Warner Brothers. Uh, the fighter home screen in Mortal Kombat 11 apparently has an advertisement uh, for Hogwarts Legacy, and you can click it, and it takes you to the PS Store um, where you can purchase Hogwarts Legacy. This is straight out of the in-game menus in Mortal Kombat 11. So, number one, and the only thing I have, Jake, what's your take on this? This cross-promotion. Just like I I said, get fucking ready. This is going to be in every goddamn game getting coming up here soon the fact that this is not in a free-to-play game and this is in a game that you paid for is egregious to me if i paid a premium to play this game i should not have advertisements in it i don't give a fuck if you own both ip you should and i know it's like like freaking uh could you yeah go ahead whatever whatever his name is uh Sisyphus or whatever the fuck his name is pushing the boulder up the hill. I mean, that's like syphilis. No, I'm just kidding. Sy- yeah, <laughs> um, but Come like on. you have, you know, you just know that it's this is going to be the future. Like it's the present. Once obviously. the door, it's, once the yeah. door is open, it's fucking open. It's like the race to the bottom with uh, with um, the mobile market. You know, every fucking app now is free, but it's just literally riddled with advertisements. Mm-hmm. At least most mobile mobile um, games slash apps, you can pay for a premium version and it's ad-free. But a lot of them, there's no way to pay for it. You just have to deal with the ads. So I'm just saying that this shit is going to be part of the 
process going forward. So people just – I hope that it's not true. But just be ready. I just hope that they're, the gaming industry is classy enough to do it in a tasteful yeah. manner. I mean the news point is accurate. That is true. Um, but here's here's the thing. And it's not pushback. It's just you know looking at the uh, the box a different way. I you know when back in the day when I would buy a record, right? That was put up like Lookout Records or something. It'd show up in the mail, be a vinyl, and then it'd be stuffed with like show flyers in California and stuffed with like advertisements for new records they have coming out because that was their only way to advertise. Now, that was a different time and a different place. But they would advertise their bands, right? They'd be like, here, check out, check out, you know, check out what the Donnas are making or check out, you know, Slapstick or check out, you know, this band. If you like this and you might like this. So, like, it was a record label's way of advertising. And I don't, the only reason I think that it feels egregious or it feels dirty or because we hear about Hogwarts Legacy everywhere. Like, it's already on the PlayStation Network when you log in. It's already on TV with advertisements. It's already, like, one of the most talked about videos. It's already selling gangbusters. It's like, okay, no fucking shit. We know this exists. But, like, I guess in one regard, I don't fault Warner Brothers for trying to push a game that they're behind but at the same time, I don't think it has any business being on your title screen or your, your fucking character select screen. That just seems a little too close to the sun. Like, it's just like, you know, keep your advertisement, you know, I, I don't know, send me an email about the game or something. You know, I would be less offended if it was just like an email. But like when you're trying to sit down and enjoy the game that you bought, it's not like putting a record on. And like in between track three and four, someone comes on and says, hey, this is Bobby from Lookout Records. Just want to let you guys know we got a new record coming out. And you're like, what the fuck? Like try to listen to the record, right? That's what this feels like. So there is a bridge too far. And uh, I feel this is it. I, I, but like I said, pushing back a little bit, like this has always been a thing with record labels. And I know this isn't the music industry, but it's been a thing with video games too. Um, you know, if you bought, if you used to buy physical discs once in a while, you'd get like a little insert that would show new games coming out or whatever. But it's not the time we're living in now. But it's not in the fucking game. Though. That's what like, I'm that's, saying. This that's, is a bridge too yeah. far. This is weird. But with with yeah. with with all of media going digital, how the fuck else are they supposed to advertise their shit to you as the consumer directly to you? Uh, they can they could advertise like it's, I'm okay with there being like a <laughs> like on the title screen or something like when you first open the game maybe I don't even know if I'm okay there's like that. a I know because a lot of games already do that most of the time it's like for example Destiny most of the time it's Destiny promoting its own content mm. right you know it's like. You know, you just have the base version. Of right, it's in the Destiny umbrella. You log in, it's like it's like download the fucking you know Witch Queen or whatever the hell. Um, only five hundred dollars, whatever it is. Uh, but they could like Sony should just give them a way to market, and they might already have this. But like when you go to buy the game, 
or maybe on this the the screen within the you know the the home screen of the PlayStation your cross media bar whatever you want to call it maybe when you hover over the game the the screens that pop up below it maybe those have advertisements for other games and stuff like that in the the you know that the that the publisher of that game can kind of push but like putting it in the game i think is you know this this is one of those things that as soon as as soon as one developer does it or publisher does it it's, it's, all these other the publishers are going to start off. doing yeah. it and then the the next fucking big gate like toll gate is going to be whenever you first see an advertisement in your game for something that is disconnected from the game itself well that's what this is the, the only way it's the only way it's connected it's connected but it's the the, the, same the advertisement is for something that's owned by the owner of this game so that's not oh my really, god like, could you imagine is like if you get a fucking thing for like dawn dish soap in your goddamn game when you're playing it that is the next like toll video game. games once selling advertising happens, space once that happens it's over right you might as well get used to like this is like the same problem I have with just last year or the year before that uh, they introduced advertisements on jerseys and helmets in NHL games for the hockey players and that we're very privileged in America where that's not really a thing in like Europe and all these other countries if you look at athletes yeah. like their fucking gear is just covered in advertisements and so Making that it's money. only a matter of time before that comes into the game space. I just am really put off. I'm just so I sick of it. corporate stuff like that. But here, let me let me just say, like, I think while you were talking, I came up with a solution to this. It's actually genius. So you go to watch a movie in a movie theater. What happens? You sit down. You get, you get your fucking commercials. Fucking commercials for other movies, right? But you can't skip them. Uh, you know, you, you you buy a fucking Blu-ray movie. It's hooked up to the internet. Sometimes you get current fucking commercials for trailers for stuff going on right now. Why don't they give you the option, instead of advertising in the fucking game, when it's giving me like all the fucking, you know, publisher, developer, this is the engine we used, throw a fucking commercial or two at me of a current fucking game, a trailer... Give me the option to press a button to skip it and have it be done and keep it out of my fucking game. That's my suggestion. If they're going to fucking do this. What's that? Like when you first start the game? Kind of like a YouTube ad or something? Uh, Yeah. I'd rather have it there than in the game. I agree with you. And they could sort of then push some kind of a subscription model where if you pay X dollars a month, you don't get any ads in your shit. But here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in addition to this shit that we're seeing in the game itself because there are two different people profiting from it. Something like you're talking about would be something that maybe Sony would profit from through the PlayStation sort of Yeah, if you're a plus member, you don't get the fucking ads. Right. But what uh, Warner Brothers is doing here with Mortal Kombat, that's Warner Brothers profiting from that because that's in the game. So, dude, it's going to turn into an absolute hellscape. And the only way that it's not – that it's ever going to 
not happen is if it's literally regulated out of existence by the government, which will never happen because we live in a capitalist society. Yeah. So it's just fucking game just, over already. Just deal with it. Pun intended. That's all I'm saying. Get used to it. Yeah. Deal with it. All right. So that's the first news point. That was a good one. Uh, the next one, which is also kind of out of nowhere, really, truthfully, this one is weird, Jake. I don't even know if you knew this, but uh, Pixelopus or Pix. Pixelopus. I don't know. I can't say it. It like an opus. opus. Like an opus is like something that you know is your thing. Yeah, like magnum opus. It's 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 pixelopus. So the the they're the developer uh, behind uh, Concrete Genie. Um, They're also a first party developer and part of PS Studios. Apparently, they're getting shut down. They're calling it a day. This was announced via a tweet from the developer. And later confirmed by Sony, who indicates, quote, PlayStation Studios regularly evaluates its portfolio and the status of studio projects to ensure they meet the organization's short and long-term strategic objectives. As part of a recent review process, it has been decided that Pixel Opus will close on June 2nd, end quote. The studio also had developed the game Entwined. And uh, Sean Layden, the former PlayStation head, um, retweeted Pixel Lopez's tweet and uh, sent his best to the members of the studio and indicated how he was saddened by this news. This is fucking weird. I mean, they were working on something. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not all that surprised only because nothing that they've released so far has lit the world on fire. And Sony is probably gearing up to buy more. So they're shedding, you know, I, I hate to say dead weight, but um, they're probably trimming the tree a little bit just to make some headroom for the next big purchase, whatever that is. That would be my guess. I feel bad for these guys. Uh, and my understanding is that both of the games they made, Entwined and Concrete Genie, like neither of them were bad, but they just weren't – nobody bought them. Like right. they're not really like these big kind of experiences. I have Concrete so, Genie. It was a PS Plus game for a while. But somehow fucking Media Molecule still around. So I have no idea. I don't know either. But that's news uh, that you guys can – take to the bank that happened so huh sorry to hear that but we'll see if they get replaced or if sony just uh is just down one this was sony's call it wasn't that they decided they wanted to leave so interesting let's talk about final final fantasy 16 so apparently in a stand against editing game content. Final Fantasy 16 is not going to come out in the kingdoms of Saudi Arabia. The game was not rated for the country. And this is the first Final Fantasy game to carry an M rating in the US and in the UK. And nobody knows quite yet why it's getting an M rating. But uh, there's, probably, there's probably like a gay character in the game or something. I'm guessing. There has to be like that's why else would the would Saudi Arabia not want the game? you know what I mean? 
Like they're they're that place is bizarre in in its very very old school monarchy kind of rule system. And I'll be honest with you, I have nothing against the 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 people there. Like I wish that they could play this game, but I a hundred percent agree with Square Enix here. I would I would honestly wish that more developers, movie makers, things like that would take a stand and just say, you want to censor our shit? Fuck you. You're not getting it. Like famously, Disney like removed the black guy from the Star Wars poster in China. Like they didn't remove him, but they made him like a small background kind of thing as opposed to having him front and center like he was in the American yeah, poster. It's like up. shit like that to me is so disgusting. Yeah, it's fucked up. That like like these companies, especially companies as big as Disney, Disney, you're going to tell me that you know you're gonna you're basically selling your soul to make a buck. You need that specific decision. market in Saudi Arabia or China or whatever. You need that market to to have your company stay above water for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand like for the Disney thing, China's a huge market, but even still, like it's going it, to keep it, happening unless everyone wild. just stands up to it. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, good on Square Enix for doing this. I feel bad for Saudi Arabia folk. Uh, but my understanding is that you can just change, use a, like a, like a VPN or something to yeah. change the region of your fucking PS5 and download it anyway. <laughs> so who, who cares? Yeah. That's I mean, pretty wild. you can still play it if you really want to, although it might be illegal in your country and they may like throw you in jail for playing it. I have no idea. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you might get beheaded for it. Like, like just be, just be very careful. Um, I doubt we have any Saudi Arabian listeners, but if we do, uh, you know the rules of your country better than me. Don't do anything insane to play a video game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have the same liberties that we have over here, that's for sure. All right, so, Jake, we were talking about comics a bit ago. You were talking about the Ronin, the last Ronin comic. And this was a neat little news point. So Spider-Man 2, the sequel to the Spider-Man game for, for Sony... Uh, got a free prequel if you were tuned into the PlayStation blog. Apparently, the prequel to the upcoming game was given out as a free comic book on free comic book day on May 6th. Uh, strange because it's a very specific demographic of people that are going to find out about this and get the comic. I didn't really check to see if you could read it online, but apparently it's a prequel Excuse me, to the, the new game. So... Little neat news point. Sony does this shit once in a while with comic books. We had Last of Us Comics, Tomb Raider Comics. We had Division Comics. We have, uh, you know, they do a lot of their comic book shit through Dark Horse, I think. So, but uh, I don't know who put this out, but uh, it's out there in the wild if you're interested. Go try to find it. Jake, anything on that before we move forward, Mr. Uh, no, Ronan? No, that's, that's super cool, though. Like, I wish, I wish that, uh, I think free comic book day is so awesome. I wish more industries would kind of uh, would embrace this idea of having a day of, you know, where you get something for free just for engaging with the community to kind of help bring people in. Hockey has some initiatives in a lot of places where it's try hockey for free day where you can show up and they'll give you equipment for free and you can kind of try to play it. And if you like it, you know, you can get into it or whatever, but I don't know of many other kind of initiatives out there that really 
kind of lean on this strategy to bring people into the community. So I think free, free comic book day is really cool. I kind of wish that I got this comic just because it's related to the PlayStation ecosystem and I love the Spider-Man game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I think it's nice. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, share all those sentiments. Um, the next one. So we're seeing this thing where, sorry, I'm trying to write again. Um, we're starting to see P, being a PS Plus subscriber and how this is carrying into uh, actual games. Not just getting free games or getting bonuses or whatever, but this is kind of interesting. So as an incentive for PS Plus subscribers, this game called Omega Strikers, um, it's a free-to-play game, will offer all PS Plus subscribers all of their DLC characters at no charge. So believe Omega Strikers is not a first-party game. So I wonder what kind of finagling or dealing this this took with Sony or what the kickbacks are, how this works. But uh, I like the idea of this. Like what if Warzone was like, oh, if you're a Plus member, you can get all of our skins. You can just have all the different skins for Warzone. Just indefinitely, as long as you stay PS Plus. There's... There's something to this, like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, all the DLC characters. If you're a Plus member, you get them. That's not the way it is, but that's how I would like it to be. Uh, yeah. So I, it's kind of an interesting take on a subscription to a service and how that could bleed into additional perks for the subscriber. Outside of just the three games or the whatever you get. You know what I mean? This is kind of a nice feature, I think. What do you think? Have you ever, do you know anything about this game or this idea? I mean, it's just an extension of sort of what we're already doing with PS Plus. Sony probably just approached them and said, hey, this is a free-to-play game, so we can't give it out on PS Plus as a game because people can just download it for free anyway. But maybe let's do a deal for content. That's kind of It's kind of interesting. It's kind of a new way. The only thing that I, I kind of hope that this isn't leading into is us having a situation where like one of our free games is removed for content for some free to play game or something. Yeah. Like war so, shit or something. Yeah. Which is, which is entirely possible. So I'm not, I hate to be sort of pessimistic about it, but I do think that it's a cool idea and I hope that we see more stuff like this, especially with the increase in, um, these live service games like we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And this next one's a really weird one, man. I, I just put this in here because I don't like it. I don't like the way it smells. I don't like the way it tastes. I don't like the way it looks. And uh, I'm not a big basketball fan at all. But there's a guy who plays for the Phoenix Suns named named Kevin Durant. Apparently, he's, he's, he's kind of like a big deal. Um, he's like one of the biggest players in basketball, and I'm not even a basketball fan. He's <laughs> he's getting his own character in Warzone, in Call of Duty. So, like, my question is, can we get, like, Steven Tyler or, like, uh, fucking uh, – give me a Jason Isbell character or something. Like, you know, I don't know. Give, give me Billy Joe from well, Green Day. Like, what the I'm fuck not, is this? This is weird. I mean, all that shit has been happening in Fortnite forever. So, I mean, it's not a new thing. Real basketball but, players, like real sports stars. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, I mean, like we had Shaq Fu and shit like that, and like, like there have been. Uh, I'm pretty sure that like, um, 
Um, isn't LeBron James in like that WB fighting game that got just got? Oh, he down is. Or yeah, you're so, right. He so is. like, this isn't like a new thing. But I'm if I had to guess, I would say that what this has to do with is just maybe Kevin Durant came out and said that he's like a big Call of Duty fan, and then Activision just sort of approached him with this kind of deal, mm. and which is interesting. But to me, it's like, like. I want to look like, why would you want to, you don't, I don't understand the point, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like maybe you want to, you want to fucking shoot Kevin Durant. I guess that's fine, but you're not in the game. Let's be clear in a game. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. I I, I would. (laughs) Someone's just going to clip that and put it on the online somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Like I said, the, the more expensive games get to make, the more and more this type of thing is going to happen. So get get ready for like this weird ass shit. And and uh, Fortnite kind of paved the way. I mean, look at all the random ass characters that you can play as in Fortnite. Now most of them are are like fictional IP, but some of them, you know, could very well be real people. So I mean, like what say? the hell? Like know. like dude. We get Kevin Durant, but we can't get Sergeant Slaughter or like fucking Destro in Call of Duty. Like what? Come on, imagine Nobody Destro. Cares about those characters, huh? Nobody cares about this. Imagine Destro, problem. the arms dealer with the fucking special with the wrist rockets and the metal head. It'd be so awesome. Who wouldn't fucking want that character? Be fucking dope with the Cobra fucking chain hanging off. Be bad. He, he's got bling and shit. He, man, it'd be such a good character, dude. <laughs> he's covered in like fucking like. Jewels and like, yeah, he he's fucking rad, dude. Sometimes he, there's a there's a prophet director Destro character where he has like a, a leopard cape. He's like very fucking awesome. I don't know, yeah, but I mean, fine, we'll take Kevin Durant instead of Destro. Sure, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe this is a sign that we're gonna get some GI Joe characters in Call of Duty. It'll never happen. I'm going to skip the next news point, Jake, because we covered it in the listener feedback about the PS uh, PS5 Pro. There wasn't really a news point, just that it was all all but confirmed. Um, let's get into... Uh, this next one is interesting. Um, Jake, you were a big fan of Returnal. I started it, and I need to get back to it as soon as I'm done with uh, Final Fantasy Seven, but Housemark apparently has expanded their staff yet again uh, for their follow-up title to Returnal. Um, they previously had 80 employees before Sony picked them up, and now they're at 110 and still growing. So I'm curious to see what these guys are working on now. I mean, like, did the Returnal DLC come out? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, they had that tower. Of That's tower what it was. Thank you. So they're on to the next thing. Yeah, I I did they actually state that it was the follow up for Returnal? Like not did the follow up Mark say this? Not not like Returnal two, just their next project. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, because if they if they announce that they're doing a, a sequel to Returnal, I was gonna be fucking stoked because I think that that's awesome. Yeah. Um But it's cool. I, I'm glad to see Housemark growing a little bit. They're great I mean Returnal just shows you how what kind of chops that team has. They've made nothing but like fucking top down twin stick shooters. Hardly in well, like great, great teen years. Twin stick 
shooters. I'm not saying yeah, they're they're amazing. The games are amazing, super, but they're super arcadey, twin stick kind of shooter experiences. And then they just out of nowhere make a third person shooter roguelike, and it's fucking awesome. And it handles in terms like of the way that it fucking butter. Yeah. Like literally, the, the the worst thing that anyone can say about Returnal is that the RNG fucking sucks. Other than that, the game is incredible. So good on them. I hope they're making something cool, whether it's Returnal Two or or even if they're making something new, I have faith that it's going to be awesome because everything yeah. they've ever made has been awesome. Yeah, I, I think we need to make a point in our show. Sometimes uh, we take for granted that the listeners know what our acronyms mean. RNG, random number generation, correct? Yes, random number generator, but yeah, basically what you said. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And what it boils down to is like what drops whenever you kill an enemy. Like in a game, it's usually a a random number generator spits out a number and that's tied to an item and that thing falls on the ground. So when somebody says a game is RNG heavy, what they're referring to is that the types of drops and the things that you're getting and all of that are real in like the type of enemy that you fight and everything all boils down to like how the random number generator system works within that game. And it may not even be a random number generator, but it's fulfilling the same kind of task. Very good. Um, and with Returnal, what it boils down to is that what rooms you get and what items are available to you, what enemies you have to fight, what path you have to take to get to the next world, these things are all randomly generated and the way that the game does it is a little bit kind of meh and it makes it hard to do things like platinum the game because you have to do things that are RNG based in order to get certain trophies. They just need to dial in the tables. That's all. Yeah, pretty much. Very good. Cool. Thanks for the explanation. I've been thinking about that. Like sometimes I listen to podcasts and listen to people talk and stuff or read stuff and I see acronyms. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? They got like the, the thing that big box wrote T what is it? Too lazy. Too lazy to too read. Too long didn't read. Too long didn't read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it all over, but I've never taken the time to know what it meant. So thanks for the education. Um, next news point is pretty is pretty good. Uh, interesting, nonetheless. With the uh, you know beat 'em ups finally finding a growing audience again in this day and age with the success of the uh, TMNT game, Streets of Rage Four. There's a new beat 'em up. That was announced, and the title may grab your attention. It's called Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise of the Dragons, or Double Dragon Gaiden, however you want to pronounce it, Rise of the Dragons. This game is very pixely. It fits the retro vibe of the original Dungeon Dragon games, uh, Double Dungeon Dragons, Double Dragon games, and uh, it's being developed by Secret Base and being published by Modus Games. This game looks all right. It it looks a little I'm not sure I love the art the art but it also looks like it could be good. So a little bit of Scott Pilgrim saves the world kind of vibe to it. Um but yeah, I it's coming out this summer apparently. And uh I really I don't know. I I kind of want to see what um, the studio behind Streets of Rage 4 is working on, to be honest, because that was fucking dope. Jake, do you got something? Do you see the video for this game? What, what do you make of this? Yeah, I I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I was a big Double Dragon fan when I was a kid, but, like, 
You are right. There is something kind of bizarre about the art style. But I do like – it has this kind of almost um, – I don't know. The more I watch it – because they're showing these characters other than the main two guys. And I'm way more interested in them than I am in the main double dragon. Yeah, you can like, see their eyes. It's weird. And, and like it reminds me a lot of uh, – uh, like Metal Slug or um, huh. uh, Mercenary Kings the or art something style. like that. Like it has something like that similar kind of like pseudo chibi pixely kind of art style. It, it, it looks kind of interesting. So anyway, I don't know. I might be down to play it. I, I It's one of those games I have to see what people think of it when it comes out before I'm willing to do anything crazy. And beat-em-ups aren't like my favorite, but... You know, I played um, Shredder's Revenge recently, and I fucking loved it. Dude, and I'm not even a big beat 'em up fan, so yeah. it, this might be up up my alley. I don't know if you can play it by yourself. I know it's it's like geared towards co op, but it uh, if you could, you know, it could be fun. I don't know. Double Dragon was a really tough game. Um, fun though. That's where the Abobo uh, was found. It's like the big uh, the big guy, the Abobo. He was a guy like the pumpkin head dude. Yeah, he'd like yeah, grab you and like pick you up. Anyways, yeah, very cool, very cool. Nice to see that title have some sort of a. a t- I wonder if they don't have the license for it or something, and that's why it looks a little bit different. And they're naming it Double Dragon Gaiden instead of Double Dragon. It's like a obviously be, like yeah, I have no idea the Ninja Gaiden thing, and then Rise of the Dragons. That must be a riff on something, but yeah, I don't know. Next news point, Jake. We got a Gran Turismo official movie trailer. And uh, it's like over two minutes long. And uh, it pretty much tells you the whole story of the movie. So if you're interested uh, in the cliff notes of this fucking movie, just watch the two and a half minute trailer and uh, you don't have to go watch it. I I think it looks good. I get so sick of, I get so sick of freaking movie trailers doing this shit. I know, like, me too. I don't. Like, I don't really watch movies anymore, but if there is a movie that I'm interested in, like, I don't watch any of the trailers for it. Don't don't tell me the twist in the middle of the movie. Don't tell me that, you know, that there's, you know, I'm just using this uh, rhetorically or whatever. Or, uh, but, like, yeah, like, like, what if it's like there's a wreck and he gets goes to the hospital? Like, you know, you're going to see a hospital scene where he's, like, all fucking in, like a, in a full body cast. And then his girlfriend's going to show up and be like, oh, Bobby, when are you going to make it? When are you going to go to the big race? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We'll see if I ever make it. And then it's like <laughs> cuts to him, like, back behind the wheel and her with a sign being like, I love you, Bobby. And it's like, okay, so now we know the whole story. That's not what this is at all. I'm just paraphrasing, just kind of yeah. making it up. But like, honestly, like for example, this the teaser for, um, Twisted Metal, the TV show. Yeah, like, I don't know if you watched that. Yeah, like that. If if you took that and just added like a smidge more, not a lot, just a smidge more, showing kind of what the world how these characters are interacting maybe Mm -hmm. and that would be the perfect movie trailer right but now it's like they're like okay well we want to just show you the whole fucking movie here's uh the beginning middle and the end the kid literally we're we're just yeah 
we're just gonna you know do it all in smash cuts so it's not like so you still still want to know what happens in the middle it's unbelievable but like yeah it's like a kid looking at his playstation games his dad sitting at the dinner table saying son you can't you can't you know make a living playing video games and then he's on the phone with his best friend. He goes, who do you think's the best driver? You know? And his kid's like, blah, blah, blah. And then this guy's like, no, man, I could smoke him. I could, I could beat him in any race. And then it's him, like, powering up the game. And it says, Gran Turismo, blah, 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 championship. And then smash cut to him in this complex where there's, like, all the best drivers. I'm like, hey, look who it is. It's blah, 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 blah. And then it shows him behind the fucking wheel of a real race car. And then fucking drive in. He's spinning out of control. And then it shows the coach who's like, it ain't like picking up a controller. The rubber meets the road here and shit. And then, like, you know, maybe there is an accident. Maybe something happens. And then it, like, cuts to, like, this is the movie trailer. And it's like, okay, I know exactly. It shows him winning a fucking race. And everyone's going ape shit. And then at the end, it's like, okay, why do I want to watch this movie now? Like, she told me the fucking story. I don't know. It's frustrating. And I just told all of you. So enjoy it. It looks good, though. It's shot really well. It looks really professional. It looks actually looks like it could be a good movie. Um, So Yeah, I'm interested for sure. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, let's get on to the next news point here. So we talked briefly about this, but we are going to revisit this news point. So Big Box was talking about games as a service. And uh, it's interesting because Herman Hulst recently was interviewed, I believe, by Game uh, – man, what was it? It was uh, to GameIndustry.biz. And, uh, you know, we had talked last episode, Jake, in episode two, 274. Um, Sony's come out and clarified their live service plan since our last episode. And uh, Herman Hulst had this to say. Along with a lot of other stuff. And you can check out the entire interview at gamesindustry.biz. I pulled some stuff from it. So he says, quote, we are also creating games for different audiences. And I take confidence from our track record in creating worlds and stories that PlayStation fans love, end quote. And then another quote is, we've been working closely with Firewalk for a while now. We have both really enjoyed that process. And we have incredible confidence in what they are creating. So this felt like a very natural step. End quote. And then another quote, he says, we understand the competitive environment that is out there and the time investment from players that live services offer. And we want to deliver the highest quality games. End quote. So you can watch or read that full interview with him. So he does address that the time investment that live service games require of gamers and that they are delivering very high quality games for this. Which is exactly what you were kind of saying, Jake. Like you don't expect mm-hmm. them to put out duds. Um, their involvement with Firewalk Studios now, and uh, uh, he's got a lot of confidence in the worlds and stories that they're creating in these these live service games. Which means they should all be relatively different, I would imagine. You know, they're they're probably making sure that they're not touching on like two apocalyptic ones or you know, two space ones or, you know, I, I'd imagine that they have a pretty good handle on their approach here and what they're doing. But like I said, game, gamesindustry.biz, B-I-Z, is where you can find more of this interview with Herman Holst. And uh, do you have anything you'd like to say about this, Jake? I don't think so. I think that this game will 
inevitably be sorry games i guess i should say like i said i i I don't think we need to go into too much detail because we already talked about it so much earlier but i have i have faith that all of these games are going to be good Mm -hmm. because sony has such a high bar for their own studios but um i am curious to see how they're all going to play out and we really don't know anything until we get some stuff kind of announced so i'll be curious about this showcase that's supposedly happening in a few weeks or a month or something to see if some of these games come are are revealed and i would really like to see what what that really means because we really don't know what it means that's really what it boils down to we can sit here and posture yeah. and argue well, in the and last, complain to each other about yeah. it and, and i really but we don't know what it means yet right so in the last year and a half playstation did acquire bungie haven studios and then they picked up firewalk studios and they said all these studios are working on live service games in this interview one thing i didn't read um was that uh Holst, Holst says there is a risk that we talk about live service in generic terms as if it is a single genre or even a single business model. PlayStation Studios are making a variety of games that could be referred to as live services, targeting different genres, different release schedules, and at different scales. We are also creating games for different audiences, and I take confidence from our track record in creating worlds and stories that PlayStation fans love. So... He didn't even really define it. He said, just don't get boxed in by the live live service game uh, genre right now. Like, he's making it seem like it's not – like you're saying, Jake. Like what, what is the fucking definition? You know what I mean? Of this. And uh, maybe Sony's playing it a little loosey-goosey on the, on the terminology as well, you know? So I'm curious to see what they come up with. I mean, you're right. We're only going to know when these games release or we see trailers and we get an idea what this is all about. So – I don't know. Thought it was a, a, a pretty salient news point to bring up that this is kind of uh, um, conversation has been infiltrating our podcast a little bit, and it's a good conversation to have. So, anyways, um, but how about we talk about some new games coming out? We actually have some new games. We're recording this later on Sunday, so Push Square had up some game coming out this week, and uh, every episode we talk about new games that are coming to PlayStation. And uh, the first one coming out on May 8th is Weird West, the definitive edition on PS5. On May 9th, East 9, Monstrum Knox on PS5. On May 11th, we're getting another Fisherman's Tale on PSVR 2. Death or Treat on PS5. I like that name. Filthy Animals, High Simulator, PS5, PS4. Fuga, Melodies of Steel 2, PS5, PS4. Marvel's Midnight Suns on PS4. Nightmare Reaper on PS5, PS4, Space Engineers on PS5 and PS4, and TT Isle of Man Ridge on the Edge 3 on PS5, PS4. There should be a limit to how many characters you can put in your video game title. <laughs> I don't know. None yeah. of those stand out. I heard Midnight Suns was good. Uh, the PS- Yeah, Midnight Suns is interesting, interesting to me for sure. Uh TT Isle of Man. I think that the Isle of Man TT is one of the most interesting races on the planet. It's by far probably the most dangerous, if not one of the most dangerous. But um, for those of you don't, that don't know, the the Isle of Man TT is a motorcycle race that takes place on the Isle of Man, and it takes place in the street. And there's this thirty, I think it's a thirty-six or thirty-seven mile loop. 
that they do, and they do six laps on it. And um, these guys are literally going through the street on motorcycles doing like 200 miles an hour, like jumping them and all kinds of crazy shit, like in between like city streets and walls and houses and stuff. And it's like, I think if you look up the... This is just a little bit of trivia for the listeners that made it this far, who even give a little bit of a shit about motorcycles. Um, if you look, I think it, I think if you look it up, the like the average is like two deaths per year when they do this race. Now, granted, it's not that people die every year, but some years like a lot of fucking people die doing this race because if you imagine like riding a motorcycle through down a street through two rows of trees or through two brick walls or whatever like that, doing 200 miles an hour, you fucking blow a tire or your engine blows out on you or your brakes fail or something. You're like, you're just dead. So, um, it's pretty wild. There's a, there's a awesome documentary on YouTube. If you're, if anyone's interested called closer to the edge, it's about a, the 2010 Isle of Man TT and it is such a cool documentary. So, um, but anyway, not interested in playing the game though. But I enjoy the the race, so that's easy. that's what I'm saying is all. All right, fair enough. Well, I appreciate the info because I didn't even know that about TT Isle Isle. Um, so good to know, Mister Race Man, dude. That's really all I have for the show today. Um, I've been like sanding and doing stuff all day today. I feel like even though I've worn a respirator, I just feel like I have like sawdust in my mouth and my throat and my nose. And um I don't know. I feel like my voice just feels weird. Hope I'm not catching something. But uh yeah. Thanks to the listeners for tuning in and sticking with us this is this long. It's been episode two hundred and seventy five of PS This is Awesome a PlayStation Podcast. We air every week. The show comes out on Mondays. And I will say this to the YouTube audience, if you've made it this far, like Jake said, I noticed an uptick in our views when I released the episode not at midnight, but at like eight or nine in the morning of release day. Probably because it sends like a push notification to all of our subscribers that there's a new episode. I think in the middle of the night it doesn't do that. So I'm going to hold off till and try. I'm experimenting a little bit with the YouTube channel. So it's still going to air on Monday, but it's not going to air until like eight or nine. You know, I think that that helps. Mm-hmm. We, we had yeah. considerably more views on the last episode, and that was a mistake on my part. I put 12, uh, 12 p.m., and then I realized that I screwed it up, and then like, you know, I went back and corrected it in the morning and uh, had it released pronto. But it was like, you know, seven hours late, eight hours late. But we had so many more views. So YouTube is a is a is a fickle is a fickle medium. So I'm gonna try to do that. But you guys can also usually get the episodes early on Patreon if you subscribe to our Patreon for a dollar a month. And otherwise, it will release at uh, midnight. Zero hours. Zero hours every Monday. <laughs> That's all I got. Jake, you got, you got anything you want to say to the listeners? I, are we good? I'm good. Let's get out of here. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Like Judas, Job Simulator, and Jedi Fallen Order. P.S. This is awesome. Yes, This is awesome.